When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, we're Ohio guys. I'm here. I'm Chris Pugh with Paul Yantrick tonight. Joe just got the night off. How you doing, Paul? If I were doing any better, I'd, I don't know. I have to run and go kiss my cat. Yes. <laughs> kiss your cat. <laughs> oh, man. I, I couldn't think of anything. I just, the cat was laying right there. I don't know. Usually to be nice, I would say yes for whatever you say. But when you say kiss your cat, I need to, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I, I can't support that. That's very tough. Not on the All mouth, right. like on the head. Oh, okay. All right. Weirdo? Even the head's <laughs> kind of weird. I don't know. It's definitely less weird than the mouth, but it's weird. Ugh. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, let's move behind that. Let's cleanse our thoughts. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a departure. We started the show, and let me give you a little bit of background. Um, we taped the show Wednesday nights. Um, it's often on your um, podcast feed on Saturday afternoons. Um, it gets shared Sunday morning on the website, which is great. Uh, but, you know, when you're taped something Wednesday night, it is released Saturday or Sunday, it's hard to talk about current news because sometimes that can be old by then. So that's why we've gone into the, hey, you know, here's why your city stinks or your team stinks. And that was fun. We're, but you know what, Joe? At the beginning of the year, I naively thought, man, the Sewers would be 13-3 and three by now. Everything would be good. We could just, you know grab hands, waltz, and like make fun of other cities. But we got some serious issues in our own house, dude. Um, it's been a erratic up and down year. Um, 
the Steelers have had some good wins. Um, you know, beating the Ravens is a good win. Beating the Titans is a good win. But they've had some bad losses. And I'm not just talking, you know, close, embarrassing losses. I'm talking, um, you know, it's like your little high school gets beat up by the big city high school next town over <laughs> and you lose by 40. Um, they did that. Uh, earlier this year, they lost 41 to 10 to the Bengals. And then Sunday, they lost to the Chiefs, 36 to 10. And, you know, I'll start out, Chiefs are a good team. And I think the Chiefs are getting hot at the right time. But still, yep. this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, where, yeah, they're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. But many years, the Steelers are at least are competitive, even against the best teams in the league. They haven't been that way. So we're going to take a departure. We're definitely going to talk about Monday night's um, showdown against the Cleveland Browns. But instead of just making fun of Drew Carey and all the people I plan to make fun of, we got to dress some of this crap on the on the team on the team. Um, Paul, well, here's a stat for you, real quick. I heard someone mention on the radio that since the last time we were in the Super Bowl uh, was at Green Bay. Since then, the Texans have won more playoff games than we have. Steelers, sorry. Yeah, I, I forgive the lack of citation because I don't know where it came from. I, I read something today too saying that the. Pirates and Steelers have the same number of playoff wins since 2011, which Oof, sounds crazy, hurts. but ugh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff going out there. Um, uh, Paul, let's start here, and I, I want you to talk because I kind of rambled for a while. Um, your thoughts after the Chiefs game? I mean, the Chiefs are good, but it didn't look like the Steelers belonged in the same state, let alone football field on Sunday. We well, you know. Job is always Mr. Optimist, and last week's show, I had this little hook in me of, you know, maybe we do have a shot, when I should have stuck with my gut and said, there's no way. I know I'm always Mr. Grumpy Steeler fan, um, but I, honestly, that's kind of what I expected uh, to happen. Um, before the season started, by this point, I had us at 7-8, and eight, and if it wasn't for that pesky tie... Um, my prediction might be holding true. So I knew this was going to be a bad year, but it looks worse than it is. Um, even some of those wins like Tennessee, Baltimore, those were just grotesque win. I, I know a win is a win, but not, not really. Um, the only game this year that I was impressed with was the Buffalo game. Um, Ever since then, it's been all downhill. So. I, th I think they're still a good enough team where if things go right, they can win against almost anybody, evidenced by the Buffalo win. That said, each week, like going to the Kansas City game, if they got a great pass rush from Patrick Mahomes, they, I thought they had a shot. They got no pass rush from Patrick Mahomes. They got carved up. Um I think against certain teams in the AFC, you're, everything has to go right. Where I think they're still good enough, like on Buffalo, where everything went right on defensively. Yeah, they could win those games. But the margin of error is so small anymore. I mean, you have to have mm -hmm. T.J. Watt going insane. You have to have Cam Hayward going insane. You have to have four guys from the secondary go insane at the same time. So I, I think they've got that ability to do that. 
but you can't count that every single week because you're going to get just burned royally. And, and, they did. Yeah, and that means the offensive line has to play out of their minds. The receivers have to play out of their minds. And for all those things to line up, you know, we have those with that eight minutes in almost every game where all that happens, but uh, the, it's, it's just a mess right now. Well, and here's the other thing too. And, you know, I've, geez, I'm, I'm going to be 47 next week and I've watched football since I'm six or seven. And I'm sure you've been in the same case. So we've been watching the sport for about 40 years and yeah, we can talk. There's always exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, if you win the turnover battle, you win the game. And the thing that struck me, even that win over the Titans, they won the turnover battle for nothing, which is good. And usually when you do that, you win by 30 points or something. They barely won that game. I mean, you know, Tennessee was driving, and they had to make a last-minute hold. And it's interesting. And, you know, even this opponent that they're facing this Monday coming in, the Browns, I mean, the Browns have their issues. I'm not sitting here saying the Browns are great. But the Browns lost the turnover battle. They threw four interceptions, and they still came within two points of winning. So you almost look at it as, yeah, give the Steelers credit for winning and the Packers credit for winning. But, you know, you're you're lucky you won if you won the turnover battle and you still barely won a game. You know, it's just – it's really not good. Well, hey, let's get through – I mean, I, I look at, you know, referencing that, especially that Green Bay game, and even when the Browns played the Chiefs, that the Browns can play horribly and they keep it close against these good teams. Right. Whereas when we play horribly, we saw what Green Bay did to the Steelers. We saw what the Chiefs did to the Steelers. Well, let's get into it because we're still we're still ranking stuff. But instead of like ranking the goofy stuff, we're going to try to rank the things that are on our mind. So I just wrote down five things, and let's go over them quick in the rest of our time. Um, just and I'm looking at these as like really weird problem areas. Um, Paul, you've said this for months. Offensive line. Um, you know, we knew that the offensive line wasn't going to be a strength. Uh, we were hoping that, you know, and they have looked decent in some games. They haven't been like a total abysmal nightmare mess. But, you know, in games like with Kansas State against a good defense, they were outmatched, overhandled. Um, Najee Harris was lucky to get the yards that he got. I, I think you could probably really say, man, Najee Harris is doing well to get the number amount of yards he's getting behind the offensive line. Um, you know, it's an issue, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit later about coaches. Um, Adrian Clem got, you know, it sounded like it was a mutual decision. I mean, he's gone, and he's gone yep. now. He's going to Oregon. I I don't know what was going on behind the scenes of the room. I don't think anyone expected Adrian Clem to make um, the offensive line to five pro bowlers, but it sounded like, rightly or wrongly, the Steelers were just like, hey, this isn't working out. Let's try somebody else. Uh, they've got interim in for the last two weeks. They're kind of seeing what he does and try to figure out, do we give him the job? Do we go out and find somebody else? Um, yeah, offensive line is just a struggle. And I, Paul, I mean, they're getting to a point where, yeah, maybe they go quarterback in the first round, but you almost have to really go offensive line heavy in the first couple rounds, at least. Yeah, I mean, I – I know there's a lot of focus on the coaches and 
I mean, the bottom line is Clem wasn't out there trying to block. He wasn't out there getting pushed into oblivion. Um, so I, I think there's a certain point where the coach can only do so much. I know Matt Canada's getting all kinds of heat for the offense, but the offense doesn't look any different than last year um, right. when Canada was not the offensive coordinator. So I, I think there's – I mean, we can – part ways with Adrian Clem, let some other person come in, but the five guys you line up there are still the five guys you line up there, no matter who's coaching them. I'm thinking, and, you know, in weeks down the road, we could talk more about free agency options. They've got money this year, and it could be, uh, depending on what they do with some of the guys that they could release, I mean, it might be $50 million, which that's never happened. Well, I mean – at least in the last 20, 30 years for the Steelers. Usually they right. have $2 million. They have to sign 50 guys for $2 million. Uh, They got some room. And I would say maybe they won't be able to draw a top, top of line, offensive line. I'm not even sure it's going to be out there in free agency. But they got to look for one, maybe two. And then they've got to look for, I'd say, if not first round, second, third round, maybe two more guys there to throw in the mix. I mean, they need three, four starters. It's it's going to be a steep. It's going yeah, to be. It can't just be. You know, here's a lineman who was a Pro Bowler five years ago. Let's stick him in. But somebody who is actively a Pro Bowler and a free agent. I mean that that's those are the players that I want us to look at. Not not the Trey Turners of the league. Well, and they may need to hang on to Trey Turner. I hear Zach Banner. He's got um. It won't count as a dead cap if they release them, and that could save seven million there. So I'm starting to think you probably won't see Zach Barron back because he's able to play and he rarely plays right now. Here's why I'm looking at it. I'm okay if they bring Trey Turner back next year, but I want Trey Turner to be the fourth or fifth best offensive lineman. Right now, yeah. Trey Turner is like your top lineman or second lineman, which isn't working for me. <laughs> if you could bring him back where he's kind of like, hey, he's a starter, but he's not your best. I think they could be okay. He's not the worst thing in the world, but when you're counting him to be the best in the world, ugh, it's rough, to say the least. Um, let's also take a look at the defensive line, and this is weird. Um, you know, Ty Lulu, you know, got hurt early on for the year. Um, you know, he was playing well in that first game. I mean, he was part of why... The Steelers' defense looks so stout against Buffalo. I can't remember. Did he get hurt first game or second game? Maybe it was the second game. Mm, yeah, I, that I feels like so long ago. Yeah, I think he stayed healthy for the first game. Uh, uh, but regardless, I mean, he, he was there for a game pretty much, you know, for one full game. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think he has two years on his contract, so I think he's back at least contractually. I'm hoping he's able to come back healthy. I know he's getting a little bit older, but man, you, you lost a Lulu, you lost Stefan to it. Um, you know, we're not hearing much about to it. Is he coming back? I, I don't know. Um, you know, those are two real stock guys. And I know Kim Hayward's having a great year. Cam's got no one around him. Uh, Chris Wormley they didn't have to use Chris Wormley last year. He's all right this year. Um, but Chris yeah. Wormley isn't Aaron Smith or you know some or Brett Kiesel or something like that. So you just don't have the depth. Uh, there was a, a picture I know behind the steel curtain had it and some other people had it 
were showing one of the holes that the Chiefs opened. I don't know if you saw it against the Steelers. It was like guard to guard wide hole. I mean, I could have had 10 yards if Mahomes gave me the ball. And, and I, I stink at football. Um, the the line of scrimmage, and you're a line guy. You've said this to me before. You got to win the line of scrimmage. And, you know, in the past, they were able to do a defensive line. And their offense line's been decent from time to time. They're just absolutely getting destroyed. And on the offense line, I understand it. They really didn't invest in getting anybody, so I get that. Defense line, just the injuries. I mean, I hope these guys come back, but I can't even tell you if Tewitt's coming back next year. I can't even tell you. I'm, I'm hoping Lou's going to be okay next year. I, I don't know. So now you're getting a place. And, and Paul, here's where the my issue becomes: you've got to, you've got tons of holes to fill. So it's not like you could just pick the best quarterback available in the first round and say, "Oh, we're done with it." I mean, you got gargantuan holes offensive tackle, and depending on how Lulu or Tua is next year, you probably have a gargantuan hole at nose tackle. And believe me, we saw what happened when Alulu was out. You gave up 200-yard rushers like there was candy. So what do you do on the defensive line? I mean, that's almost 10 times the problem the offensive line is. Yeah, and a lot of this comes back to Big Ben is – Iconic. He is a Steelers legend forever. He will be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's been a, a joy to watch him as a quarterback of the Steelers. This is the reason I was upset he came back this year, um, because I knew we weren't going to go anywhere. And essentially, this became a wasted year where all of these things we're trying to figure out and all these gaps we're trying to plug in. Instead of that happening this year, we have to wait till next year to see it happen. And next year, we're going to have to endure Mason Rudolph uh, to see what he's got, where we could have done that this year, gotten that out of the way. So I I feel like this is all just a culmination of a process we should have been doing already, but we keep kicking the can down the road. Um, We're going to need to take a break. But after the break, um, I didn't list Big Ben in my top five, but I got a wild conspiracy theory about Big Ben I wanted to share with you. Uh, but before, <laughs> nothing like conspiracy theories on any podcast. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but let's take a break first. Um, thank you for listening to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, uh, Pittsburgh Steel Power Half Hour. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Hey, um, I know 14 weeks we've been kind of ripping over cities. And, you, you know, you know how it is, Paul? Sometimes as parents, you know, we look at our kids and say, you got to take care of what's going on in our own house first. You know, stop talking about the other person. We're a mess here. We got to take care of it. So we're, we're like this disapproving parent that we're looking at the Steelers saying, all right, guys. We don't like other teams. We don't like other cities, but we got to take care of our own issues first. Um, so we're yeah. this week we're kind of ranking five things to bother us. And, and I'll be honest, the Steelers are such a mess. You might say, I don't agree with your five things. And we'll be like, all right, well, we don't disagree. There's probably 10 things that we're bothered by. But we picked <laughs> five we wanted to address in this half-hour podcast. Uh, we've been talking about the line of scrimmage, defensive line, offensive line. Those have been struggling. 
Um, and Paul was talking about, hey, you know, part of the issue, you, you bring Big Ben back, and sometimes when you do that, you, you kind of, with a salary cap, you can't do things in other areas. It, it becomes hard, and I agree. But let me give you my conspiracy theory on Big Ben. It's come out today, and I'm seeing this on with more reputable Steelers media. Uh, there's some unconfirmed reports that um, Ben is asking some of his teammates, guys, you might want to come for Monday night's game against the Browns. Um, you saw on the telecast in Kansas City, uh, Ben had a box at the Kansas City game, and he had probably 30, 40 family members in that box. Now, and you hear the reports that, you know, Ben hasn't really addressed about he's telling people this is his last year. You know, things are starting to add up saying, hey, this might be the case. But, Paul, I, I got a thought. Ben's got all these, like, one-year contracts that, you know, if they can be voided, they may not be. Ben has dropped off. Let's be honest. We all get older. We all drop off. It makes sense. But at the same time, is Mason Rudolph the answer? Is he a one-year stopgap guy? I could see, depending on what happens in the offseason, if they go back to Ben and say, do you want to play another year? And Ben says, yeah, why not? They bring him back for another year. Not that Ben's oh, going no. Well, here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> if they can bring Ben back at – what if he played pay, ugh, played for like $10 million, $8 million, $6 million at a – you know, where he's not making nowhere near the money he's made before. And then you look at the Steelers offseason. If, if you have 50, maybe even 60 million to spend on free agency, could you shore up the offensive line? Could you shore up the defensive line? Because you have more money to play with than if you go out and get a veteran. Because honestly, Paul, if you look at it, there's some reports that saying that, you know, Tom would prefer a veteran quarterback. Um, one of our friends here at BSOCritton.com threw out as a, like saying, watch if they go out and sign a Teddy Bridgewater. Paul, a Teddy Bridgewater will probably cost you at least $15 million, is my thinking, a year. I, I mean, you know, Bridgewater, it, it's not like NBA where you get these guys for veteran minimums. I mean, they're still going to want some money. So if Big Ben wants $15 million, you might as well get Teddy Bridgewater. But if Big Ben would play for five, six, seven million. Do you pay him that? Bring him back for one more year and sit there and say, well, now we got $8 million. What kind of offensive lineman could you get for $8 million? I mean, would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater or a Big Ben that's not the Big Ben he used to be, plus a $8 million lineman, which wouldn't be Anthony Munoz, but would be a, a guy who could start, possibly? See, I, I mean, to, to I'm what excited end? About I mean, I, I yeah, my, my response is to what end? Is this helping the Steelers? For the next five years to just keep, let's, you know, he's not the worst quarterback, so let's bring him back again. Um, Because there does hit that point to where it's just, it's, it's like Michael Jordan when he played for the Wizards and just was a shadow of his former self. It's just, there's something sad about that. And just to see, another year of Ben tripping over his own feet and just, I, I don't see 
the benefit of that. I, I, I see, I don't want to call it a full rebuild, but I just see that getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And to the point where when we finally do get ready to rebuild, all of these core pieces that we've got in place are all going to bolt and go elsewhere. And we wasted this window. Here's how you could potentially make it work. Think of it this way. I hate saying this. I hate saying anything nice about the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns are a pretty good team. They're held back by Baker Mayfield. I think the Steelers could build up around Big Ben, where, yeah, it may not be a Super Bowl team next year, but it could be a very good team that just doesn't have a quarterback. You don't have a good uh, draft for quarterbacks this year. You know, you build up around Big Ben, and then you get your veteran or – you know, rookie the following year. It's a thought. I'm not saying it's a good thought. I'm not even saying if it's a thought I would promote. Here's the thinking. Now, laugh at me, Steelers fans, if you want. I really think the Steelers could be a player for a Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Now, is it going to happen? Probably not. But I don't think the idea is way as ludicrous as some people might sit there and think. But here's the problem. Russell Wilson's going to want at least $30, $35 million to play for you. you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to want $30, $35 million to, to play for you. So say you could get one of the two. And you say, great. I mean, man, Aaron Rodgers is 100 times better than Big Ben right now. But then you've got a lot less money to build up around them. Answer me this, because I've been thinking about this. Say Aaron Rodgers was part of the Steelers right now. How much better does that make Aaron Rodgers? So say, you know, somehow Aaron Rodgers started the year with the Steelers. I mean, are they a nine-win team? I mean, they're a seven-win team right now. You think they're a nine-win team, a ten-win team? Everything's the same. Yeah. You just, I, I just I just lost you for like 40 seconds there. Um, okay. Well, well here's my so, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll say the question again in like five seconds. So the thinking is, okay, if you got Aaron Rodgers – you got to pay him $35 million, probably. So if you have $50 million to play with at the end of the at, during free agency, you're now using a ton of it on a quarterback, even though he's really good. So I guess my question would be is, where do you think the Steelers would be if they had Aaron Rodgers instead of Big Ben as quarterback? I mean, there's seven win team now. How many wins do you think there would be if they had Aaron Rodgers instead of Big Ben? I, I think they'd... I think they'd easily be in first place right now. Um, okay. So and I, the reasoning for that, I, I think there's two reasons for that. Number one is Aaron Rodgers, even though he's up there in age, is still able to get out of a jam if he needs to. Um, ben, that, that window's well closed for Ben. And with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have more than – screen passes, which for two seasons now, all we have watched are little screen passes, passes five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, it's so easy for teams to predict that. You're not going to get that with an Aaron. Now, I'm not saying I want Aaron Rodgers necessarily, but I think he gives us easily three more wins. Um, okay. So, I mean, just because you're going to have – more of a threat in terms of the offense. You're going to be throwing the ball down the field more. You're going to be mixing it up. And I mean, Melvin Ingram 
Sunday. It looked like he knew exactly where Najee was going to be when he was going to be there. I mean, it's you know what's you know what's coming. We all do. It's going to be interesting because that's the question the Steelers are going to have to face. Because I think they're going to use that salary cap room. They use their salary cap room. They're not a underspending team. But but the thought's going to be is how do you use that money? Do you say do you make a push for Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and maybe one or two other guys, or do you say maybe we keep a Big Ben, maybe we put Mason Rudolph back there, but now we got six guys instead of the two to come with. And I'm not really arguing either way. I, I just think it's an interesting question. It's going to be interesting to see what direction the Steelers move forward with that. Um, hey, to keep us moving, I'm glad you brought up the um, Aaron Rodgers um, example. One concern I have, and Paul, we did this even before he came aboard behind the silk curtain. Uh, we did this a year beforehand where, man, we were all heaping praises on that receiver court. Man, what a stunning part of that <laughs> offense. Deontay Johnson and, you know, Juju and, you know, Chase Clay, you know, we were saying, man, he's going to be Calvin Johnson. You know, he had that nice catch in his first game. And then James Washington, man, is there a better fourth receiver in the NFL? Okay. I would give you – everyone talks about, oh, it's Deontay Johnson, our number one receiver. He's maybe one and a half because he's had some good games, but he's had some clunkers where he's dropping the ball again and everything. I can't call him a number one receiver. Uh, Juju? Nope. Paul, I don't know what to make of Juju anymore. Um, I saw a report <laughs> saying he wants to stay for the Steelers for four years. I, I like his loyalty. I kind of question his sanity if he's going to take a ton more money year after year to stay at Pittsburgh. I mean, why would you do that? Why would anybody out there in the corporate world do that? Where if you're taking, what, half of what you make another company because you like the company that much? I mean, people And I'll say that the Steelers are just, for what the Steelers paid Juju to come back, they are just worth every penny. (laughs) Right. But is he going to do that year in and year out? I mean, if he is, keep him. I don't think he's just a bad person. I, I just yeah. can't believe he's going to take that little money year after year, which seems to be what he might do. Um, he's a 1B receiver. He right. needs a 1A. He like he was at his best when Antonio Brown was still here. And here's Chase Claypool. Yeah. <laughs> crazy guy. I mean, he's made some good plays this year, but to become to take it to that next level, you've got to do that consistently. Not where you and I can sit and say, "Oh, maybe there was five good plays all year." We've had fifteen games. You need five good plays a, a game, you know, or something. You know, you don't need five good plays for a whole year. Um, and then James Washington, which he's all right, but you know, the. He's he's not getting the playing time. I can't make an argument he's going to get the playing time. Because even the highlight receiver seems to be Ray Ray McLeod right now for who knows what reason. I saw some guys talk on Twitter, some of the Steelers media, who says like they're trying to make him the next Tyree Kill, and he's not Tyree Kill. <laughs> right. I mean, the Steelers coach is like, oh, he's our speedy guy, and yeah. and I don't know if that's the case. I'm not sure if. You know, Mike Tomlin's dreaming about him being Tyree Kill. I think part of the problem is there's no consistency around the receivers. I know Juju has been out for the most of the year. I know that's hurt the Steelers. But you still have, you know, Deontay. You still have Claypool. And you still have James Washington. And I know they stink this year. But at least, you know, 
I, I mean, somebody's got to produce, Paul. You've got a mm-hmm. number one and a half in Deontay Johnson. You've got maybe, let's be kind, a two and a half in Chase Claypool. I don't even think it's a number two receiver. But he's done some stuff. He's not a three receiver. James Watson, maybe three and a half if you're nice. And Ray McLeod, maybe a four and a half. I mean, they're not even to that number above them. So, you know, that was your strength. I mean, that was your, okay, our offense line stinks, but, you know, Big Ben can throw his two-yard out passes, and these guys can make something happen. And I bet you if we had these receivers, like, if we're interrogating them and saying, why do you stink this much? They might say, look, Ben's throwing his two-yard passes every play. What should we do? You know, we don't have room to operate. I get that. But what I'm saying is you've got to produce in some ways. And they have been this year. And, you know, we talked about the Steelers' offense being a clunker. That's why they're a clunker. They were the guys that needed to step up. And Fryer move, I mean, I'm overall feeling good about what he did. But he can't do it all either. It's tough. No. I mean, until we get to a point where – the Steelers are hitting these receivers in stride 10, 15 yards down the field. It's going to be more of the same. And it doesn't matter who those receivers are. They, they can only do so much when they catch the ball two yards behind the line of scrimmage and they've got a defender one yard in front of them. And when you do that all the time, and I know Ben's throwing it down the field. I'm not saying all of the passes are two yards. But when 80, maybe 90% of the passes are that way, <laughs> Guys start figuring it out. And I, and if Ben was here and we were interrogating him and say, what's up? Be honest. I bet you in an honest moment, Ben would say, look, my offense line is not giving me time. And I'm not fast enough to, you know, run around like a crazy man like it was early in my career. And Ben's right. And then, but, and we've talked about this a few weeks back. I get back to the being ticked off. Because the Steelers didn't set him up right. For all they wanted to say about, hey, we want to give Big Ben a, a last dance or a final chance at the Super Bowl ring. Well, don't give him a crappy offensive line. I mean, invest more in the offensive line if you want to give him a shot. I mean, I, I, I just don't think it, the team was smartly put together. I'll put it like that. I mean, all right, and I, what? I, I see that in part, but I also think, uh, I don't think it's just that the offensive line is bad. That's why he's dumping it off quick. I, I feel like a lot of these plays are designed to be what they are, that they're designed to be little dump passes a yard down the field. I can, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I do. At the same time, he has been pressured and you're right. Maybe they're not all, you know, him being freaked out by the rush, but the rush has come quick where he just can't evade it like he used to. I mean, look at him as a young quarterback. Look at those iconic plays he had. Yeah. You know, he he had some crappy offensive lines in the back, but he was good enough to scramble, evade, you know, you know, not be taken down and everything. And, you know, he's still that's what, you know? If the Steelers get a quarterback who can just extend his – add an extra two seconds onto his time, that makes a world of difference. And – even if it's, I'm not, I would, you know, and I'm not saying, but I'm just putting, let's say something like Taysom Hill, just kind of a, an average mediocre kind of guy, but somebody who can 
I, I think Mason Rudolph would have had a better season this year. I'll, I'll throw that out there. The best thing I can say about Mason Rudolph is I don't think he's a turnover machine, which I think would suit him well as a backup quarterback. Um, if they had to use him next year, and look, unless something happens, he's a number one quarterback next year. I mean, yeah. who else do you have? I, I think Big Ben really wanted to come back, and from the signs we talked about before, I don't. looks like he may not. I think the Steelers would take him back at a really reduced contract to be a bridge guy, but and believe me, I'm not sitting here saying, man, if Big Ben comes back, they're going to be fantastic, or if Mason Rudolph is number one, they're going to be fantastic. It, honestly, Paul, it's more of a discussion of who's your best bridge quarterback that can play a year or two while you you know get that free agent or, or get that drafted guy. And see, here's the other thing, too. If you've got and, Paul, maybe we'll make a good argument for them at least looking at Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. If they got $60 million to spend, and they usually spend that money, the Steelers usually go up against the cap. They, they're not like the Browns who for a long time were like $50 million under, and they just don't want to spend money. If you don't spend that money now on Aaron Rodgers, I don't think the Steelers are going to have $60 million of cap room the year after that. You know what I mean? You almost have to spend big on quarterback if you do that right right away. And here's the other thing. If you draft a guy, whoever that might be, uh, Kenny Pickett or whoever else they're looking at, you better hit you better hit gold. Because look what happened with the Browns, the team that of the state we grew up in. They kept on striking out on quarterbacks. And they say, you know, if you swing a miss on first round quarterback, that puts you behind three years. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, you know, you might say, well, the Steelers are smarter than the Browns, and they are, but you can't guarantee <laughs> that you're, you're getting a good guy. I mean, this is the team that put first-round grade on Mason Rudolph and said, man, look at this. We got a franchise quarterback in the fourth round or third round. Look at this go. It just didn't happen. All right, we got you moving, Paul. We're, we're, we're stretching our limits of the half hour. Um, but let me ask you about this. Um, oh boy, let's make this into a quick conversation because we could talk about this for three hours. And believe me, we're going to be having this conversation as the offseason starts. And so let's touch on this and then we can talk about more later. Um, we have a Facebook chat back and forth between me, Paul, and Joe. Uh, where you know, discuss not just for a podcast, but you know, basic sewage issues. And they were talking about coaches and you know. Are, are the Steelers cleaning house, and how far should they go? Let's do it like this, Paul. we got to be quick because we got another topic to get to, and we're already low over our time. How far should the Steelers go? And I think maybe the question we should answer tonight is, how far will they go? I mean, we can get angry and say, fire everybody. Well, they're not going to fire everybody. <laughs> so what's your pick for – and let's just look at coordinators and coach. Who do you think's gone? Who do you think's going to stay? I think, personally, not who you. Hope, I think there are. Think. I think there are five people in that organization who, as long as they're back, I'm happy. And none of those five are coaches. I think, from the Steelers' perspective. 
I think only Tomlin is safe. I would tend to agree. If I was Rooney, I would have a talk with Tomlin and say, Oh, yeah. Buddy, what's up? Yeah, like, here's <laughs> what, Okay. Tom, I'm throwing out a crappy idea. Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. The Steelers, for a long time, up until a couple years ago, played a lot of veterans. Like, you used to think about this. Even their first-round draft picks, they wouldn't have to play right away. You know, they have that year of seasoning, and man, boom, they come out and they look good. Look at Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree's first year or two, we're like, is he anything? Is he okay? Yeah. And then, like, year three or four, you're like, dang, this guy is going to be really good because he could season those guys. So, yeah, Bud Dupree was on the roster. He was in that locker room, but you didn't have to look at the guy's number one guy. Sound caps happens, you know. So the Steelers have some younger guys they have to really look at. I mean, look at this year. I mean, they had to look at Kendrick Green as a starter. They had to look at Najee Harris as a starter. Uh, Chase Claypool, you know, they couldn't bring him on slowly. Chase Claypool needed to be Calvin Johnson this year. We all get goofy when we're in our early 20s. A lot of those guys have gotten goofy. I think Tom was a good coach. Maybe Tom was a better veterans coach. Yeah. Where it might be harder for him like it is for a lot of us to identify with the early 20-year-olds. And see, what I would do is I wouldn't fire Tomlin, but I'd sit to him and say, hey, bud, we can't just go sign uh, like 40, 30-year-olds that are totally mature. You know, you're going to have to work with Chase Claypool. You're going to have to work with – and not just excuse his behavior, not just say, oh, we're – you know, he's being chased. You sit there and say, okay, I want him to be better. He's got the potential of a Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson. He can't be playing like he's playing. And I would be honest with Tomlin. If Tomlin's like, man, enough of this. I'd rather you know, have Brett Kiesels and the older guys. You might not fire him, but say, dude, this may not be the right thing for you. Yeah. Because, yeah, we're going to contend. We're going to spend some money in free agency. But we may never have that you know, experience that we had in the defense that we did in the past. I guess that's the only thing that bothers me about Tom. I, I still think he's a well of good coach. Is he the best coach for rebuild? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I I think he's a great coach, but for whatever reason, he's no longer effective here. And I think if he had, like you said, a, a veteran established team, um, you know, if, if he were to go down to Tampa Bay right now, I think he'd be fantastic. Um, but for yeah. a young kind of rebuild team, I, I, I mean, the, what is it like five weeks now? We haven't scored a touchdown in the first half or something. I mean, that you're just not showing up ready to play at that point. He, he said something this week about how he has no issues with Matt Cannon's play calls. And Paul, you said this when we talked about Adrian Klum. In some ways, what's Matt Cannon going to do? If he can't hold your blocks, I mean, you know, no matter what type of Madden offense you can create, you're not going to, you know, do very well. I, I, I get that. But then on the other hand, I'd sit there and say, and the media wanted him to throw can under the bus. I, I totally get that. But he needs to have a fourth. It looks silly for him to say, oh, I got no problems at all. What he needs to say is, hey, on <laughs> offense, nobody is producing. We're not calling the plays right. We're not executing right. We're not holding blocks. 
we're not running the routes right, don't sit and say, I have no problem. Yeah, you're not executing. Maybe it's not Matt Cannon's fault, but they're not playing well. They're calling dumb, weird, lazy, quick pitches on four for one that we all knew it wasn't going to work. You know what I mean? And you, you might yeah. sit there and say, hey, we understand we don't have the talent we had in the past, but we're going to do what it takes. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not hearing that. And that's why, and, and I think we're saying the same thing. I think Tomlin's a better veterans coach. But but we'll yeah, see. And I, Matt Canada really, need, he does best with a mobile quarterback, which he absolutely does not have. And uh, I think this is kind of a hybrid Frankenstein monster of a compromise between Canada and Roethlisberger, and it is what it is. I don't disagree with what you're saying at all, but that said, um, if that's the problem, then whatever mobile quarterback we get, he better be the darn answer. Because could you imagine if they got some type of mobile quarterback, whoever he is, he comes into the Canada offense, and he does the good, the good there. So are you ruining quarterback just because that doesn't have the right offense? That scares me. I don't even know if Canada leaves, but um, he shouldn't be there. I'll put it like that. Uh, and finally, <laughs> um, Dan- uh, Danny Smith, um, uh, the serious defensive coach. Uh, Danny Smith is a special teams guy. Uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, Keith Butler. Um, he might retire. That's what I'm starting to hear that a little bit more. Um, I'll be honest, Paul. I'm not a, a huge Keith Butler devotee. I mean, I, I think he's done some good things. Right. I think the big issue of Keith Butler is you don't have you don't have to it in um, you know Alalu, and you've had injuries throughout your defense. Um, so I'm not saying Keith Butler should be safe, but I feel weird firing Keith Butler after everyone was hurt in the defensive. Right. Yeah, I mean that that's been the major issue with our defense. It's just so decimated. I know every team has a, a plague of injuries. Um but for the Steelers that was the the defense should have been dominant this year and they just didn't have the pieces to do it. All right, 44 minutes. So I, I, we need to um, finish up really quick, and um, let's it like this, Paul. Let's give her a pick, and let's answer the final thing that's been bothering us real quick, because we got to go. Um, so for Monday night, huge matchup. I uh, was reading through some playoff scenarios. You've got to win to make it. Um, uh, you know, if the Browns or Steelers lose, they're, they're pretty much out of the playoffs division and everything else. I don't know what to say. Uh, the Browns, I think it's all in the Browns. Um, you know, the Steelers don't have that run defense. I think the Browns could run all over them. I don't trust the fact that the Browns should realize that. I mean, it, it shouldn't take a road scholar to realize that if you run the ball, you'll probably have success against the Steelers, especially with all the interest they have on the defensive front. But we said this before the game against Cleveland, and Baker Mayfield had a big arm injury. He still tried to throw it 50 times, and the Browns lost to the Steelers. So, I, I think Browns run the ball a lot. They win by two touchdowns. If Baker Mayfield tries to play hero, Sears won by two touchdowns. I mean, I yeah, there's other stuff going into the game. I know we're oversimplifying it. But to me, that's the big thing I see in Monday night's game. What do you see? It, it's going to be 
a hot mess of a dumpster fire. And if the Browns run the ball and control the clock, they'll win an ugly game. Uh, the Steelers will mount kind of that late little rally comeback. Um, uh, I'll say like 17-14 or something. It's not going to be a barn burner. Okay. Very good. Well, hey, thanks for checking out the Behind the Silk Curtain Dotcom's Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour, which we would say three quarters hour. Uh, we don't know, but thank you for listening to us throughout the year. Um, we will be back next week with Joe Frost. As hopefully this isn't our season-ending episode, it might be Paul if they lose tonight or next week. But hopefully, we can still say there's some chance for the playoffs. Um, we're from Ohio. We don't like the Browns. Uh, we need the Steelers to beat the Browns, and hopefully that can happen. Uh, for Paul, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the, our show. Have a great night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.